Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about best movie sequels. So as we were preparing for this episode, Catherine and I were talking about how many we were going to do on our lists. And she had a theory that she basically can predict what my list is. Knowing so much about me, she thinks she knows my entire list. And to be honest, I think she does too. I'll be surprised (laughs) if she doesn't get them all. So Catherine is going to read what she believes that my list for best movie sequels is going to be. Okay. These are not in any particular order. Okay. That's fine. Mine aren't either. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. No, but a different Harry Potter is on the list. The only reason I chose that one is because the only thing I knew about your list is that you chose the sequel for whatever movies. Mm -hmm. Even if there were more than one in the franchise, you chose the second one all except for one. This was the one. So was Harry Potter the one? Yeah, this was the one I chose the third of the series instead of the second. Ooh, then that changes some things on my list. (laughs) That changes another prediction, but okay. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. It's on the list. I have Ocean's 13 here, but now I'm not so sure because I know you wouldn't have chosen Ocean's 12. I did not. I would not have chosen Ocean's 12. I did have Ocean's 13 written, but it's not on my final list. Okay. Toy Story 2. On the list. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. I bumped it. The Dark Knight. On the list. Jurassic Park, The Lost World. (laughs) On the list. The Godfather Part 2. On the list. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Bumped it. That was it. The the last one that I put as sort of like a throwaway because it was Die Hard 2, only because I know you love the original I haven't seen any beyond the original yet. All right. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. You only missed uh, three that are on my final list. So so there will still be some mystery. I'm happy about that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Having said that, I guess I'll... I'll kick it off. I'll start with the first one I wrote down and the easiest one, which is The Empire Strikes Back, because not only is is it a great sequel, but it's my favorite of every Star Wars, all nine. So what makes it your favorite? I imagine for someone like you, who's a real Star Wars person, it's hard to answer. I mean, so many of the things that everybody knows about Star Wars without having seen it are in The Empire Strikes Back. Like finding out that Darth Vader is Luke's father, that's in this one. That's the actual only thing I know. And that's what if and that's basically what anybody knows about Star Wars. That's in this movie. I mean, and then they're just iconic fight scenes. There's one between Luke and Darth Vader. The Han Solo story in this is fantastic him and leia have a lot of great chemistry it opens on a snow planet so they all have these really sexy snow outfits that really have defined the characters beyond the series so it's just some of the best parts of star wars are in the empire strikes back and that's why it's my favorite But having said that, there are some parts that are bad luke has a long sequence yoda this is yoda's first appearance in in Star Wars is in the second one. So a lot of what makes the movies so amazing is in The Empire Strikes Back. Well, I'll have to take your word for it for now, at least. Okay, so I'll move right into the second one I wrote down, which is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Again, most people's favorite of the three. It's the best one um, because it has 
the best battle in it the battle of helms deep that's the battle that's in this movie and it's so exciting and so cool watching them get ready basically the the driving story of this movie is that so the fellowship of the rings is the nine of them starting together to take the ring to be destroyed the ring that's the bad ring and in the second one they've all been separated so all of the nine of them are in little like groups and one of the groups is aragorn vigo mortensen legolas orlando bloom and gimli i'm sorry i don't know the actor's name (laughs) they travel to this city that's been taken over by a king that's been possessed by the evil spirit and they have to convince that city to move to their like battlefront and basically not give up and they have to fight the evil army so that whole story is so great obviously I'm giving you like the most abridged version I can possibly give you to give you a sense of what it is about. They have to, they have a lot of great scenes with the King. They have to unpossess the King. And then they have to move all those people to Helm's deep, which is their fortress, this huge fortress that has these huge walls that are impenetrable, but that doesn't happen, unfortunately. And it's just so exciting. And the fighting is so good. And it's just Even for that alone, I think it makes it. But then there are obviously a million other things that are in this four-hour movie that are my favorite. Do you know I've seen all the Lord of the Rings? What? I did not. I saw them in the theater at midnight when they came out. Not by choice. Excuse me? I was forced. But (laughs) you just told me the plot of the movie and I still have no... Well, the thing is, is that I w- that doesn't surprise me in the slightest, mostly for more reasons than sometimes you have trouble remembering movies you've seen, but also because I would be surprised if anybody saw The Lord of the Rings for the very first time and knew what was going on without somebody explaining it to them that had seen it many times with them or read the book. I think it's rare for someone to sit down, watch it cold and be like, I got it all. And it was amazing. That would be shocking. There's so much going on and the names are so confusing that in order for you to enjoy it, you would have to have someone there that can help you get to why some stuff is cool. I can't believe you've seen them. I think I knew this, but then also forgot because it's basically like you haven't seen them. The only thing I remember is Liv Tyler being hot. She is hot. Gollum being scary but cool. I love Gollum. Gollum's great. And uh, what's his name? Frodo, of course. I don't even know if it was if it's on the movie poster or if it was in the movie. I just remember the ring like flying up into the air and him reaching for it. Many dramatic ring shots because <laughs> he's not supposed to wear it because when he wears it, it's sort of like um Harry Potter. There's something in Harry Potter where Harry does something Voldemort can see him. And it's similar to that, where if he puts the ring on, the the evil spirit can see him. And he's not supposed to. So there's many frequent shots of the ring going up. And then it it has a it's sentient in a way, the ring. So it wants to go onto his finger. So frequently it will be flying in the air or something and it will find its way onto his finger magically. I didn't know that. Yeah. Moving right along. I guess I'll move on to Harry Potter since we just talked about it. Um, I picked The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's my, that's the one we watched together in, 
in Texas. Oh, and um, it's my favorite of the all of the movies and all the books. I feel bad about that now because I was, I was. <laughs> very hard you are not kind to it <laughs> but it's so different though the place you're coming from reading those books and watching the movies is completely different than when they came out and when I was a, I was a kid I was like in third grade when that yeah. when I was reading that and and that came in that was the first one I saw in the theaters to the prisoner of Azkaban because the first two I was too young when they came out I do I do want to interject just for a second and say for those of you who haven't heard episodes where we've touched on Harry Potter before, my issue was not with the story itself. My issue is with the production quality of the movie. And you are right. I think a lot of, first of all, many Harry Potter fans do not like the movies. The movies are a glimpse overview of the books at best because they're cramming 900, 1100 page books into at an under two hour movie. So it's just never going to be what people want it to be. People have their own issues with, but then you are right that they do not feel as grandiose and magical as they should. Lord of the Rings does. Lord of the Rings, I in fact will not watch behind the scenes stuff. I don't want to watch any, how they filmed it, anything like that, because it is so magical to me that I feel like that is a whole world that they created. And I do not feel that way about Harry Potter. And I remember that being the case when I saw Lord of the Rings, despite the fact that I don't remember anything about it. I mm-hmm. do remember that it felt just epic. big and yes. magic. Epic. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word for it. Yeah. Why the hell didn't Harry Potter feel I, like that? It's I don't, supposed to. I don't know. It had to be money and production and I guess just a concept to how it might be able to feel bigger than it is. It is different that that Lord of the Rings has the benefit of largely taking place outside. So they have the ability to show like these lands that are, I mean, it's just New Zealand, but it looks like land, like far away mystical lands in these huge New Zealand cities. is mystical. Yes. These huge <laughs> cities. And Harry Potter takes place largely inside one castle. But then why not go big with the I castle? We've know. seen castles in movies that are breathtaking. It's very weird. It does feel very small. I still love them. Whether it's for nostalgia or not, I still, the Prisoner of Azkaban in particular has a special place in my heart. I love the whole, the ending is what makes the movie for me when the the, the time traveling sequence that Harry and Hermione go on is my favorite part of any Harry Potter. That's so cute. So that's why that one made my list. I guess I'll go with Jurassic Park. So this is a controversial one, I think. A lot of people don't like the second Jurassic Park. I think they're wrong. This is one of my brother and I's most watched. We loved the Jurassic Park movies, and in particular this one, because it's very long and there's many parts to it. There's a whole sequence that takes... After the movie, you feel like has ended, because it takes place on one of... Have you seen this? I know you've seen the yeah, first but one, but a not... a very long time ago. Oh, okay. What year did it come out? Because that's when I saw it. Wow. See, I'm like slightly jealous that you've seen all these in the theater and and (laughs) when they came out. What I like about it is that it's very long. And when you think the movie's over, it it gives you a little more because they get rescued from the island, which of course has been ran over by dinosaurs, even though the humans think they're in control, similar to the first one. And then they're on their way back. And then it turns out that they are 
transporting a T-Rex from the island to San Francisco. So then the last half hour of the movie is a T-Rex rampaging San Francisco. That's crazy. I don't remember that at all. And man, oh man, it is just like a little delightful surprise at the end of an already great movie. My next one, I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean. I know you haven't seen them. I know you have no interest in seeing them for some reason. I think you're dead wrong. But I don't even have that much to say, really. I just think it's not nearly as good as the first. Because in my opinion, there are some sequels that are better than the first one. And there are some sequels that are just good follow-ups to great movies. I think Jurassic Park is a good follow-up to a great movie, not better than the first one. I think Empire Strikes Back is better than the first one. And I think the second Lord of the Rings is better than the first one. But this one is not. Because the first Pirates of the Caribbean is a fantastic movie. And this one is just as good, but the story is not as strong and there's just parts that are a little bit lacking, but it's a great movie and I love the franchise. So why do you think it is that I pre hate them? It's a really good question because I have never heard that opinion. Even if they haven't seen them, I've never heard someone so averse to seeing them. Do I hate Orlando Bloom? Is that what's happening? It could be. I mean, Kira Knightley's not a great draw either. She's mad annoying, but I think they're, I mean, you hated that I described it as fun, but it is, a, they're fun movies. I thought that maybe, the re, I thought the reason maybe you didn't want to see them is because you thought they were more serious than they are. They're made to be funny. They're adventure films. They're not. Yeah, but funny movies. is not the same thing as fun. But it's not funny like a comedy. It's it's it, it's an adventure film. It's got the air of action and of, you know, comedy. It's not taking itself too seriously. Okay, what's next? I'm going to go with to- Toy Story because it doesn't fit in anywhere else. So Toy Story 2, another one of my brother. A lot of these, as I was making this, it's interesting. A lot of these are family movies to me. I've seen a lot of them with my parents, with my brother, and I have seen them many, many, many times. That's cute. And Toy Story 2, obviously, is no exception. My brother and I were obsessed, so much so that we've seen them all together, and we haven't seen the fourth one, and I know we're going to be doing Toy Story soon, and I have to watch it with him. But Toy Story 2, not better than the first one. The first one is the best, but... It's a really good follow-up. I love that all of it takes place with Buzz and Woody being friends because my least because I love while I love when they're adversaries in the first one, I like them better when they're friends and they're on the same team. You'll be pleased to know that I know what you're talking about because I'm currently in the middle of watching Toy Story 2. Oh my god. I can't believe how well they hold up. I, it is um, I feel that way about a lot of animated movies that have held up because I don't think you could, if you showed that to a kid, there's no way a kid would know that was from 19, what, 95, four. So I I mean, and I think they're enjoyable for kids as well as adults, because some of them don't translate as well. Some of them are really kids movies that you might find interesting or funny as an adult, but I can see just an adult watching toy story and finding it just fully entertaining. Yeah, I am. I think the Mr. Potato Head character is fully there for the adults. And yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> One of the scenes that makes Toy Story 2 is, I don't know if you've gotten to it yet because it's pretty far into it, but Woody, Woody 
hurts his arm in the beginning, right? He's had a, he has an arm that doesn't, that's slightly torn. Al, who kidnaps him, is trying to sell them and he needs him to be in mint condition. So he calls somebody to restore Woody. That's the scene I paused it on. That is one of the best animated scenes ever. It is so good. The music, I can still hear it. I have goosebumps. And the... (laughs) The satisfaction when he paints over Andy and when he colors his eyes and fixes oh, his hair. Oh, he really restores him. Yes. Not just his arm. Yes. He re- he paints over his shoes. He polishes the tops of his shoes. Oh, that's so cool. He uses this tiny little airbrush to clean his eyes and paint his the top of his head that's like come off. Some of the paints come off. And it's just so the animation is so cool and the sequence is amazing it's my favorite part and it's i think it's a little funnier than the first one because i know there are a couple of references there's a running through line with um rex and zerg and he's playing the video game and he's following it around and there's like a reference to star wars love the scene at the end when they go to the airport and they're in cases and they're trying to escape before they get shipped off to wherever al is selling them to and the sequence of them escaping from the luggage and then they're on these many when you see it you think as a kid that that's what it's like back there when you go to when you drop off your luggage and it goes to planes (laughs) it is just hundreds and hundreds of conveyor belts and luggage there's no people obviously and it's just and it's so exciting and I just love it shifting gears hard are the two that sort of go together in my mind for many reasons and that you didn't say um terminator 2 i would never have guessed that so there would be no reason because it's never come up but again a weird family movie i saw young my dad really likes it so does my mom and two is better than one way better it's basically James Cameron, he saw the success of Terminator 1. He's like, okay, well, what if there are two Terminators and now they're fighting? So it's much better. Terminate, I like Terminator good, better than when he's bad. Because in the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back. And have you seen the Terminator movies? No. They're fantastic. He is a an android, but that looks like a human. And he, in the first one, he comes back to kill the mother of um, a guy that will grow up to be the res- the human resistance fighter against the machines, like in the future. This is so ridiculous when I'm explaining this. <laughs> but, um, and so they're trying, the Terminators are trying to eliminate that from being a reality. So they're, they try and kill his mother so that he's never born. And like, they alter the time space continuum and he's unsuccessful and in the second one they send back and a more advanced terminator that is like a liquid man he can transform into anything and he can pass through objects and make himself completely liquid and he's very cool and scary and he tries to kill an already born john connor who's a kid and so it's the kid John Connor, his mother, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as now the good Terminator that future John has sent back in time to protect childhood John. It's so cool. The the It's nonstop action that two of them are fighting the entire time. There's many explosions, lots of fun. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, while I'm not a big fan, 
is funny as a robot because it's not far off from his normal human personality. So he acts like a robot as a human. So they've it's not a far stretch to make him a robot. I have a question. You said many explosions, a lot of fun. And I wanted to ask you genuinely, do you find explosions in movies fun? Because I know a lot of people do. Yes, I do. I think it's exciting. Why can't I grasp that? I know. Like what makes that? It's fun? exciting. It, it just doesn't like, excite me. I feel nothing. So epic and cool. Why? I feel nothing. Shootouts, car chases. Well, action movies is going to be like, mighty I, interesting. I, just, I am dying to hear what's on your list then because you seemed excited to do them and that you have a list of good ones. So I'm excited to hear what they are. I am excited and I do have a list of good ones, but I think that explains why my picks, while they're categorized as action, tend to lean more thrillery. Wait, so would you say that I'm an odd... What percentage of people do you think find explosions and shootouts and that stuff exciting? I think you are the odd one in this scenario. I mean, I think action movies are... an. I mean, they're one of the most lucrative, successful movies that get made. Yeah, but that's because men pay for them. Okay. Like well, so or, so you're asking for, if if it's weird that a woman finds it <laughs> finds it. Like, to be... I guess. I mean, uh, maybe I'm asking that. I don't know if I'm if I'm uh, that much. I don't it that know. way or not, but that much I don't know. I would have to do uh, some sort of sort of survey. I know my mom likes these movies, but that doesn't really count because uh, maybe I'll do a poll on our Instagram. I'm I'm yeah. interested to know. And am I missing a gene or something? Like, <laughs> I don't maybe, know. That's not to say there's never been like, a car chase that I find exciting, mm-hmm. but overarching, I would say that kind of stuff. 30 seconds of it is cool. After that, I'm like, all right. Oh, see, I find it cool it. the whole time. I think it's exciting. I get the same. Do you imagine yourself in the scene? No. Do you, does it get your heart pumping? Yes. I'm excited by it deeply through the whole thing. (laughs) It's sort of, you know what it gives me the feeling of, I know we don't like horror movies, but thrillers, it gives me the same feeling that you get from watching a thriller without it being it's, but it's without any kind of element of suspense or scary. And that makes it even more exciting because I don't have to worry about being scared. So I get all of the enjoyment from the thriller without any of the drawback of it being sort of unnerving. It's hmm. just cool and thrilling, but not scary. Okay. I don't, ju- I'm not judging you by no, the I way. I hope my questions me. don't come no, across that way. Not okay. at all. You're not, I do not. If, feel like if I'm judging, judging anyone, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, I do not feel like you're judging me at all. <laughs> Similar movie next, at least they're paired in my head together. And because the director is the same, this one is Aliens. Uh, another one I would never have guessed. You couldn't pay me. <laughs> I know you would never watch them, <laughs> but I will tell you, you're missing out. Okay. Is that what Sigourney Weaver? Yes. And she's, man. Ve- she's very cool. I will say. And her coolness is completely derived from these. Her coolness was instilled deep within her. I do have a funny thing. Aliens. <laughs> James Cameron is the director of aliens, but he did not, he did not direct alien. Ridley Scott did. And James Cameron famously pitched aliens by walking into a pitch meeting, writing alien on the whiteboard and then making the S a dollar sign. (laughs) And that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. They made an $18 million movie deal that day when he put alien, like, I mean, it wasn't just from that, but obviously that was the beginning of his pitch was writing aliens with a dollar sign. Meaning what? Like, meaning like, I there's this, money gonna... to be made here. Okay. here. <laughs> like, 
Oh God. It was not wrong because this one is far again. This is another sequel much better than the original. I think this one is and universally aliens is better than alien because again, James Cameron said, okay, very cool, scary alien in the first one. What if there's like hundreds of them and you have to fight them all at the same time. So he just upped the ante. This is a nostalgic movie for me because again, it's a family movie. We watched it. I've seen it many times with my brother and my parents and we have a lot of movies quotes that we say to each other. Not really anymore, but we used to. And two of them are from aliens. Bill Paxton is in it. He plays a character Hudson and Hudson is like this cool guy. My old buddy, Bill. <laughs> you haven't listened to our previous episodes. To, uh, Catherine tells an amazing story about meeting Bill Paxton at a Yankee game. So you should. I don't remember what episode. It was probably our space movies episode because we were talking about a long story short. Bill Paxton is exactly who you want him to be. <laughs> anyway, Bill Paxton plays character Hudson and Hudson is just too cool for school. He's uh, supposed to be a Navy SEAL, actually, that is part of a team to go in and destroy the aliens on this planet. He's not scared at all. He's not he's not phased by this scary monster and they get into one, the Navy SEALs get into one interaction with the aliens and get there. Like many of them die and he barely makes that alive. And so he's freaking out when he comes back to the ship and he's like, he says this quote, I'm going to put a clip in here. Hey, maybe I've been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. And we used to say that all the time to each other. My dad does a, perfect impression of Bill Paxton. And then a few minutes later, there's a kid in this movie and Sigourney Weaver is trying to calm him down and saying, this child has survived here for months without any weapons or any protection. And he goes, why don't you put her in charge? You better just start dealing with it, Hudson. But it's, it's, I don't have to convince you because you'll never watch it, but people will know. It's fantastic. My next one, is The Godfather Part 2. I, I don't know that I have to say much. I mean, The Godfather is one of the, probably the best movie ever made. So, this and the sequel is, while not better than the first one, I think just as good. I know obviously you've seen them, but has it been a long time? Like how many times have you seen the second one? I've only seen the first one once. And um, the second one, I actually don't think I saw the whole thing. My dad and I decided really? to watch them together years ago i want to say it was maybe 15 years ago mm -hmm. and we got through one and a half and then we're going to pick it up another day and then life happened and we didn't get around to it wow i've seen the first one i think four times and the second one i've maybe only seen twice i think overall the first one's a better movie there's a heavy flashback element in two that I love. It tells the story of a young Vito Corleone. First of all, Robert De Niro is like hot as hell as young Vito. And also just the way they made New York look and, and everything. Just It's a very well done story of the flashback versus the present and his son taking over as the head. Have you ever seen the VHS tape that my dad has of old home videos from when grandma and poppy were traveling no okay you need to get your mitts on that and you need to watch it because there's a few clips of poppy i think they're it must have been one of the times they were in italy he's wearing a red shirt 
Mm -hmm. like a fitted red shirt. He's slender. He looks young. His hair is slicked back. He's wearing black sunglasses. He looks like De Niro, young De Niro. Really? He looks so cool and you would just love it. You've got to watch it. Oh my God. I can't even picture that. Like what that would be like to see even younger, even grandma. I haven't even seen that many photos of her very young. I I own. Mm-hmm. Did she ever tell you the story of how they fell in love? I don't think so. I mean, you could probably cut this out. I guess it doesn't need to be on the podcast, but I could tell you if you want. Yeah, tell me. So their families knew each other when they were in Italy. So Poppy came to New York a few years before Grandma and her mom came here. So Grandma got here, and they both were you know, like pretty young. I think grandma was eight when she got here. Anyway, so Poppy used to tease grandma because she was so skinny. He used to call her bones and she hated him. She despised him. As they grew up, he left. He joined the army and he left. He was gone for a few years. And when he came back and saw grandma, he was like, that's my girl. He was like totally into her immediately. And grandma was like, LOL, never happening. Totally not into him at all. Oh my gosh. And then I guess one of the first nights he was back, there was some sort of party at Alex and Henry's. I think it was someone's engagement party or like someone that they all knew, whatever it was, there was a party and grandma and poppy got seated at the same table at that party. Uh And that was the night that he won her over. And then they were in love from that (laughs) night on. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. From hate to love, baby. Oh, I love that. It's like a rom-com. He must have been teasing her all those years because he liked her. I have no idea how to transition from that into <laughs> my last pick. And that is The Dark Knight. People, I, I mean, me and you, when we were going through lists of greatest movies, this is sometimes in the top 10. I mean, it's an it's an amazing movie. So much. I mean, to even compare it to Batman Begins, which, sorry, Katie Holmes, is not a great movie. But... This doesn't even feel like a sequel. It's by far the best. I mean, I don't really have to say even that much about it. People, if you've seen it, know that it's an outstanding movie. It's one of my favorite movies, honestly. I thought about putting it on my list, but I didn't remember enough of it. And I felt like cheating if I put it on. And I knew I wouldn't have time to rewatch it. So So of all the ones I said, none of them were on your list. No, I figured that that would be the case, but I thought maybe there would be one. I thought Dark Knight, honestly, or Godfather 2 would be the ones that made it. My list. Do you hear them? I heard it for a second, but now they're barking because it thundered. (laughs) I'll wait until he's done. We will have to do a part two of this. I know we already talked about potentially doing that in the future, but with the list that I have, we're going to have to do a part two because my list is built almost entirely from my childhood. And the thing is, is, is part two for me will be that. <laughs> so we'll switch off. Uh, part two for me will be, I have, you know, like you already mentioned, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants too. So that will paint your image of what kind of things got cut from the list were movies like that. Well, we can talk about it now because it's on mine. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis Bledel in Greece is the only thing Wait, I needed to she... make this. So, okay. So I need, did you rewatch this or do you have a really good memory of the second one? I did not rewatch it, but I think I have a pretty good memory. Because of it. I truly can't remember what stories are in the first one versus the second one. What are the stories of the second one? You know, what's funny is that unless I'm getting this wrong, 
I'm almost positive that Greece is in the second one. No, because she definitely meets that guy in the first one. Is she still in Greece? Does she go back and visit with him or with the grandparents? Wait, then I got it wrong then. Hold on. Let's check this out because this is very important. Oh my God. I remember Blake Lively on her archaeological dig. (laughs) My God. She's in Greece in both. Oh no, wait. Yeah. While mourning the death of her grandfather, Bobby in Greece, Lena meets her ex-boyfriend, Kostas, who reveals to her that he is married and expecting a baby with his wife. Mm, okay, so I have them combined in my head, I think. Me one too. Movie. That's why I couldn't remember. <laughs> and the only reason I remember it is because we've talked about Sisterhood of the Traveling Plants 1 on our 2016 movies episode carmen attends an actor workshop in vermont this i remember she's like in a play or something yeah and tibby works at the video store and like meets a guy i think and has a pregnancy scare yes so putting this on my list really is in my mind a combination of both and i agree and i think that's valid i think to me (laughs) i think the fact that both of us can't remember what stories and what movie means that basically this is one long sisterhood of the traveling pants yeah speaking of sisters although a different kind of sister my next choice is sister act two (laughs) i've never seen that (laughs) have you seen the first one I don't think so. In the first one, Whoopi Goldberg is like a lounge singer and she's dating this mobster guy and he kills someone. If I, I it's been years since I've seen this, but I think he, she witnesses him kill someone or I don't know what happens, but basically he wants to kill her and she has to go in the witness protection program and they place her in a convent as a nun. You should watch both of them. They're great. Well, I've heard that many times people love them. I would have lost a lot of money if someone asked me to describe the plot of that movie. I had no no concept at all of what it was about. Well, so in the second one, it's no longer taking place at the convent. The nuns are teachers at a Catholic school. Okay. And I don't remember why, but Whoopi's character doesn't, she's not in the witness protection program anymore. She's like (laughs) living a regular life again. Okay. But they convince her to come back to help with the school. Again, I don't remember why I'm I'm doing a great job of this, but (laughs) (laughs) she, she takes a struggling choir, you know, the, 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 if this doesn't happen, the school is going to shut down that kind of love. I know you do. I know you do as a plot. I'm already on board. (laughs) So she takes this, this bunch of rambunctious kids and turns them into a choir and they end up being amazing. I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is in it, if I remember correctly. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Lauren Hill is in it, which I've already abused you about this before. I won't go through that again, but it's really good. The singing is awesome. It's funny. The sing, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that again? The, The what is awesome? Well, I actually thought about this Uh because I knew that you were going to comment about it. Uh And I have a theory. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready for it because this will be my life's work to understand (laughs) why someone wouldn't like a musical. The reason why I like the singing in Sister Act, the reason why I like the singing in Sister Act 2 is that they're singing songs that I already know. They're singing real songs. Whereas in a musical like La La Land, they're just singing dialogue. If this is dialogue that you're trying to communicate to me, just say it. Stop singing it. It's annoying. If it's a song that I already know 
and it's going to be sung instead of the regular version by Lauren Hill and all these other amazing singers, then like I can get behind that. That makes perfect sense. Wow. Thank you. That makes sense. And what I will say in response is you should watch Moulin Rouge because I've seen it. You love it. I don't love it, Uh but I didn't hate it. And there are some good songs in it. And that's because they're singing real songs. There's only one original song in Moulin Rouge. The rest are just covers. Interesting. So you like a jukebox musical. Like what about, (laughs) what about Mamma Mia or like um, Jersey Boys? Never saw Mamma Mia, like no interest in it. (gasps) Oh my God. You don't have an interest in Meryl Streep dancing around Greece? (laughs) That well, that's what I'm Amanda Seyfried, your girl, is, that doesn't appeal to you? Meryl and Amanda both appeal to me very much. The singing appeals to me so little that it actively works against Meryl and Amanda. <laughs> if I have to watch a musical, it would probably be those. Interesting. But even then, I'm... It's so funny because that's if you ask a theater person, a jukebox musical is like day, like not as that's like not totally like that is you like you like Mamma Mia. That's the kind of attitude a theater (laughs) person would have. But it's so what you're saying makes sense because you're not there for the singing. So if the sin if the singing is ornamental and not integral to you understanding the plot, then that's not going to be what you're about. Right. And and the other sort of asterisk there is that in Sister Act, the reason why they're singing is because they're a choir. So, oh, so you need to be founded in I'm yes. guessing that in Mamma Mia they burst into Correct. like Correct. They're bursting into song. They're not. Well, actually, some of it is they cuz Donna Meryl Streep's character th- and her friends were part of a singing group that Donna and the Dynamos and they did si- so some songs are supposed to be them singing, but obviously a lot of them are you as you think are not. Yeah, I hate that. This theory encompasses my enjoyment of Stevie singing the song from Cabaret in Schitt's Creek because she was number one. I love Cabaret. Actually, Uh it's like one of the few musicals that I do like. Mm -hmm. So that already had it going for it. But there was a reason why she was singing it. It furthered the plot for me without actually verbally communicating the plot or the dialogue. There was a reason why she was singing. She was on stage giving a performance, not just bursting out into song out of nowhere. I'm into it. You know what? (laughs) We're we're on a journey here and we've taken a huge step in the right direction. (laughs) All right. My next pick is D2, The Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Amazing! Which I also rewatched in preparation for this episode. Oh my God. What I will say about this, I mean, listen, we're not going to talk about the plot, but (laughs) what I will say that I I realized as I was rewatching it, that was a very exciting moment for me is that this is like a turning point in my life because this is when I learned that Greenland is covered in ice and Iceland is green. (laughs) This... (laughs) D2 the Mighty Ducks taught me that and I've carried it with me since. I I I don't I did not learn it from D2 the Mighty Ducks but I've known that since I was young and and it's one of those fact those school facts like Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin that is stuck. <laughs> okay, next on the list we have two Christmas sequels. Okay. Which you could probably predict. Home Alone 2 and The Santa Claus 2. So, Home Alone 2 was on my extended list. It's not as good as one but it's 
pretty close, pretty close. It's pretty close. And if one didn't exist, I would still think two was a great movie. Absolutely. Whereas the Santa Claus one oh. is better than two. And if the first one didn't exist, I wouldn't like the second one. That is an interesting distinction that I never really thought about when I was making my list that would two could two stand alone as its own movie. I think half of mine could and half of mine couldn't. But you're right. Home Alone 2 could stand alone. So could Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. We already. Well, yeah, it's basically we are, the same we already, as the first we one. We already think as far as I'm concerned. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> So could D2. Yeah. Sister Act 2 as well. All right. Next on my list is one that we accidentally ended up talking about the other day. And I told you you should watch, which is the next Karate Kid starring Hillary (laughs) Swank. It's really, really bad. But I will say there's a part where Mr. Miyagi takes her to a monastery for two weeks. Okay. And that section of the movie is really great. The monks are so cute. And she learns a lot about respecting nature and uh, gaining awareness and all different cool things. And then there's a scene. I'm just going to ruin it for you. It's not like this is an Oscar winner. Please do. Her parents died a a couple of years before this takes place. Uh And she is living with her grandmother. But the grandmother leaves for a couple of months and Mr. Miyagi is staying with her Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know him. He used to be friends with her grandfather who just passed away. They were in the war together, etc. She tells Mr. Miyagi that she knows a little bit of karate because her father taught it to her. And he says her grandfather basically, I think saved his life or something during the war. And he wanted to thank him. And the way that he came up with thanking him was to teach him karate. And then her grandfather taught her father and her father taught her. So she never knew him until then, but she learned karate because of him. Oh, this happens. This happens in like the beginning section of the movie. And then at the end, she's going to go to the prom with this boy and She's nervous because she doesn't have anything to wear. She doesn't know how to dance. Like, what if they waltz? She doesn't know how to waltz. He goes to a shop and has the lady who works at the shop help him find a dress for her. God, Amazing, gorgeous dress, by the way. Would wear it today. And he clears out this sort of bay window area in formal living room in the house and says to her, we're going to have our lesson inside today. And he begins teaching her this karate sequence. And as she gets the hang of it, he then places her hands in his hands to show her that he's actually teaching her how to waltz and that there's a parallel between the two. It's amazing. And then he, she says something about like, where, where, like, how do you know how to do this? Where did you learn how to waltz? And he said, after he taught her grandfather karate, her grandfather taught him how to dance. Oh my God. Then he says, I have something for you. Wait here. And he leaves and comes back with the dress. Oh my God. It's really great. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Okay, so my next pick, you probably, this is probably the only one you could have predicted, which is Twilight New Moon. I only just chose this one because it was the second one. I love all the Twilights equally. (laughs) Equally. Wow. (laughs) My love for Twilight started ironically, and then it became 
for real. real. I never started, ironically. I My friends and I were deeply on board moment one. <laughs> it's funny you picked that because I had it floating around in my head when I was making my list and I don't like New Moon. So I didn't, I would, if I would have had to pick another one that was not a sequel and then I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to get, have my list get away from me and have, and pick another one that wasn't the second one. Cause New Moon just doesn't, there's no Edward. I need Edward to be in it. Okay. The, the reason why I chose New Moon was of course, like because it's the second one. So it's technically the real sequel, but also because if I went into a deeper dive to piece out what I remember from like which scene mm-hmm. is from which movie, I was going to end up jumping down the rabbit hole and rewatching all of them. And I just frankly didn't have the time. Eclipse so. is the best one. Eclipse is my favorite. <laughs> which one is that? The third after New Moon. Is it the one where they're in the tent in the snow yes. at the end? Yes. Okay. You yeah. know, I love that. Next, another one of mine that you probably could have predicted is Father of the Bride 2. Yeah. Haven't seen it yet. For me, it could stand alone. I okay. don't know if anyone else would say that, but I love it almost as much as the first one. I was going to say, how do you think it stacks up to the first one? Because I know the first one is big for you. If the first one is a 10, this one is a very solid nine. Wow. Okay. What's the plot of Father, Father of the Bride 2? Uh, I don't want to tell you because there actually is a pretty decent surprise in, toward the beginning. Wow. But if you don't know. Cool. I'll have to watch it then. I really hope you do. I, I will. I think you. I mean, well, I thought you would like the first one. And you didn't really like it. It, it so. was OK. It just wasn't, you know, I'm not going to get into this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, next is the only. Well, besides Twilight, but the only one that's actually like a real genuine adult movie, which is Ocean's 8. Very solid choice. I do love the other Ocean sequels, but this one just, it had to be the one. Uh, and finally, my my heart of hearts, My Girl 2. I knew that. So this was another one. If I had to make a guess, I would have made, I would have made the guess of, of My Girl 2, Father of the Bride 2, and... Probably Sister Heard of the Traveling Pants, too. You wouldn't have guessed Home Alone, you don't think? Oh, you know what? You're right. I probably would have guessed Home Alone. And you would have guessed a Twilight and an Oceans. I think you would have. So you probably would have gotten a decent Oceans I might have forgotten because I would have, I knew you wouldn't pick Oceans 12. And I would have thought maybe you wouldn't pick another one that was not, that you wouldn't pick one that wasn't a sequel. I haven't seen My Girl 2. But I have seen My Girl 1 and I enjoyed it a lot. As much My as Girl you can 2 enjoy. is very, very different from the first one. Ooh, okay. They almost, other than a few very small ties, they almost are completely different movies. Really? She goes to California and she stays with her uncle oh. and his fiance and she meets her, I don't know what, her step cousin. How old is she? Mm, 14 or oh, 15. Okay. okay. They end up falling in love. Amazing. There's an amazing scene with a mood Wait, ring. Wait, did you say she meets her cousin? Well, it's her step cousin. Oh, it's the okay. son of her uncle's fiance. Oh. So they're not related. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Did you say she falls in love with her cousin? <laughs> okay. She gets her ears pierced, which she's strictly forbidden from doing. Ooh. They track down her favorite poet, and he ends up being a nasty, grumpy old man. Oh. And then she meets a really important guy who knew her mother, which is the best way that I can say that. Okay. Assuming you're going to watch it. I will at some point. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Is it more 
uh, lighthearted than the first one, or is it equally as? Yes, it's much more lighthearted. The first one is sad, man. You oh. might you might cry at a couple of parts, but not. It won't be like the gut wrenching agony crying of the first one. I actually remember my mom and I watching the first one together when I was a kid. It came out in ninety one. We watched it at home on VHS. So I was probably, I don't know, maybe nine or 10. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom and I sitting on the floor together, like with our backs leaning on the couch, watching the first My Girl, sobbing our guts out with a box of tissues. And if I remember correctly, I think my dad came downstairs and was like, is everybody okay down here? And we were like, no, not only are we not okay, we'll never be okay. <laughs> So that's my list. Very different. Li- but this is how I predicted it going, though, because I am just a huge fan of franchises. Every single one of mine is part of a franchise. I don't know how I how I never got franchised. I don't know, but I'm there's not. I was really tra- racking my brain if there's one that, that I don't partake in. And I don't think there is. Other than maybe Avengers and that stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. You know what? That might be it. Like Marvel is really my big franchise blind spot. Every other one, baby. They got me hook, line and sinker. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please head to iTunes and give us a review. And if you want to follow us on TikTok, we're at at Tickets Please Pod. Thanks guys. Until next time.